we go. Good morning. Good to see everybody out this morning. Welcome to Victory Way Baptist Church. Uh, if you're here for the first time, uh, if you're a first-time visitor this morning with us, please slip up your hand if they didn't catch you coming in. we got a little visitor card we'd like for you to, to fill out. Record your visit with us. I'm sorry, it must be me. Uh, but anyway, if, if somebody's like that, if you don't mind slipping up your hand, we'll bring it right to you. Is anybody like that this morning? Well, it's good to, uh, good to be here. I thank David this morning for uh, the, the Sunday school class, and he had no idea what he was teaching this morning, that he was even teaching. I had no idea that, well, I had an idea that I might be preaching, but we had no idea what we were teaching and preaching on, so it's going to piggyback each other. Isn't that amazing how that works? So, uh, hey, we're, we're, we're glad you're here. Uh, I hope you come with the expectations. It's good to see Pastor Neil and Cora Lee with us uh, this morning. So let's just, let's go to the Lord in prayer before we begin our service, and, and let's just worship Him for who He is and, and anything in your life that, that, that needs to change or uh, that needs to be built up. I pray that we would uh, just see what God has for us this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning, God. Thank you and praise you for who you are, Lord, as we begin the service, God. I pray that we didn't come to see people or to be seen. I pray that we come to uplift, magnify you, Lord, and search within to see what you would have for us from your word. Take that, apply it through the week. And whatever we do in this service, I pray that it be for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Wonderful, wonderful. It's a little brisk out, but I'm glad everybody's here. I hope everyone's vocal cords are doing well. Uh, we'll have a couple warm-up songs anyway, so let's go ahead and stand. And we'll start this morning's worship service with Rock of Ages. And, and no matter how much time goes by, it's been, it's been 2,000 years since Christ died for us, yet it's still just as relevant today. He is still the solid rock on which we can build. And so we need to be sharing that with everybody. Let's go ahead and sing. Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages, clap for me. Let me hide myself in
Bible tells us in Matthew 28 verse 6 that he lives this morning. He's not uh, somebody who's died and, and stayed dead. He's, he rose again the third day and defeated death, hell, and the grave. Let's sing. He lived. I serve a risen Savior He's in the world today I know that He is living Whatever men may say, I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer. At just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, so Christian. Lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King. Right now, let's go ahead and wave and welcome 
somebody close by to you, say hello. It's good to see everybody here again. At this time, you may go ahead and be seated. We sang this song um, oh, around a month ago, but this is one that I would love to uh, bring as a congregational, so we definitely want you guys to get familiar with it. But again, the whole concept of it is just saying, yet not I, but Christ in me, even as in Sunday school, uh, Mr. David was saying how it's Christ that lives within us. And there's no power that we have, there's no, uh, there's no hope that we have outside of Christ. It doesn't matter our material possessions. It doesn't matter our, our status, our relationships. What Christ has done, that's what's going to last forever. And so, uh, please, if you know the song, please join in and sing. Yet not I, but Christ in me. What gifts of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold my hope is only Jesus, for my life is wholly bound to His. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing, all is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in me. dark, but I am not forsaken, for by my side the Savior He will stay. I labor on in weakness and rejoicing, for in my need His power is displayed. To this I hold my shepherd will defend me through the deepest valley he will lead oh the night has been won and i shall overcome yet not i but through christ in me No fate I dread, I know I am forgiven. The future sure, the price it has been paid. For Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon. And he was raised to overthrow the grave. To this 
Christ I hold, my sin has been defeated. Jesus now and ever is my King. All the chains are released, I can sing, I am free, yet not I, but through Christ in me. to follow Jesus, for he has said that he will bring me home. And day by day, I know he will renew me, until I stand with joy before the throne. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. All the glory evermore to Him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. All the That's the whole goal. Not I. No matter what we, no matter what we think we can accomplish, no matter what, uh, no matter what talents, no matter what abilities God has given us, it's not ourselves, but it's Christ in us that allows us to do everything that we have. <clears throat> At this time, we'll go ahead and have our uh, word of prayer. If anyone, go ahead and either pray uh, quietly with yourself or pray with the person uh, sitting beside you. All right, now we're going to pray that God would give us understanding of His Word uh, with the preaching. Let's go ahead and pray. creator of the universe for by you were created everything that's in heaven that is in earth visible and invisible whether it be thrones or dominions principalities or powers all things were created by you and for you I pray that we would see that 
that we would see you for who you are. I pray that uh, during in the message that you would give uh, Brother Stephen the words to speak. I pray that we would be attentive to what your word says, not not what man's opinion is, not what we think we understand, but but what you tell us in your word, God. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to enlighten our eyes, to show us from your word what you would have for us today. I thank you, God, again, for giving us another day to live, another opportunity to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we go into the last song, if everyone please stand. This is indeed one of my favorite songs to sing before the service because it does tell the whole aspect of what we need to be looking at is asking God to speak. We don't want to have our ears tickled by some uh, something that feels good or something that we think we want to hear, but we want to hear from the Lord. And that's the whole purpose of saying, speak, O Lord.
good singing this morning. How many of you enjoyed that? I'm going to tell you, the, you know, there's a difference between him being indwelt with the Holy Spirit. That's what we get when the day we accept Christ as Savior, we believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. We put our faith and trust in that message. We are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. But there's a difference between being indwelt and having the presence of God in a place. And I'm going to tell you, the presence of God is here this morning. I, I, I truly believe that. So <clears throat> take your Bibles, and I'll just pick one because I'm going to tell you, We'll, we'll turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 6. We're going to be all over the place. It's kind of like my desk at work. It's, it's controlled chaos. I mean, it's everywhere, but I know exactly where it is. So Ephesians 6, just for the sake of turning, we'll be anywhere from, honestly, we're going to be from Genesis to Revelation, but I really do believe God has something for us uh, this morning. And how many of you know that when you... Anytime you build anything, the first thing you got to do, you got to tear down something. Think about when you work out. How many of y'all worked out this I'm just kidding. To build muscle, you have to tear down the muscle fibers, rip them apart, and then they, they grow back stronger and bigger. Think about building a structure. What do you do? You tear up the ground. So as, as Pastor Neil, since he's here this morning, I always used to remember when he'd say, this morning, I'm going to get your pee patch a little bit. Well, I knew when he said, I'm going to get your pee patch a little bit, there, 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 was some, there was some hard truth coming, and then we're going to build it back up. How's that? So we're, we're going to get in your pee patch a little bit this morning. And uh, as what David this morning, he was, he was teaching on making decisions that matter. Well, what we're going to hopefully talk about this morning that will help us is based on those decisions... What are, what are our motives like? Our motives. Motives are uh, things that we allow to move our will in, a, in one direction or another. So as, and I'm speaking specifically to Christians this morning. You know, what are our motives? What motivates us to get up and serve Christ in the day which we live? Total chaos, political chaos. Uh, pandemic, social unrest. Hey, we've we got a lot of stuff going on in the church. I mean, you, you name it. This, there's a lot going on. Who would agree with that? A lot going on. So, so how do, what motivates us? What, what's going to move your will in one direction or another? Now, what we're going to look at is, is to begin with, you're going to see that we're motivated by a lot of things in different ways that we're really not real proud of or shouldn't be proud of. And what got me to this position is, as I was uh, this past summer, we were at the beach. We were on vacation, quarantining at the beach with everybody else. Uh, so, so we were at the beach on vacation, and, and you know, I, I, who knows? You, you always think, hey, is this the last time? Is this the last time that we'll all be together as a family unit? And... Uh, And as I looked out at my family, I said, you know, have I done enough? What did I do? And I went through every one of their lives. What did I do to move them in, in, in a spiritual direction? And so, how many of you know when you, when you get challenged with something like that, it's not a midlife crisis, although it could be. But it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Hey, you need to deal with some stuff. I want you to, I want you to search some stuff out. 
Now, the first thing I didn't do is go call somebody. Hey, I'm just, I had this feeling, and, and I, I'm going through this emotion. And what? I went to God's Word. I, I, I'm searching out. There, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, hey, what is God trying to show me here? So I got into this book that uh, Paul Chapel. many of you have heard him, he wrote a book. And, and, and basically the title of the book is 10 Reasons to Wake Up Tomorrow and Live for God. And, and the, the essence of that book is, look, it challenges our motives. And why do you get up and do what you do and go where you go and say what you say and, 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 and whatever you do on a daily basis, why do you do those things? And with God's help, for sure, I mean, I, listen, there's nothing good about me. I, don't, I, don't, I shouldn't even be up here. It's only by God's grace. It's only by God's grace. That's why those songs are awesome. I mean, those songs, it's Christ in me. It's Galatians 2.20. And it begins and ends right there. And so I, I'm thankful for the opportunity uh, this morning to get up here and, and just to yield to, the, to what the Spirit has for us and, and magnify the Lord. But the bottom line is this today. In this time of political chaos, social unrest, t- pandemic, everything going on in your, my, your and my life, what motivates what we do to get up and serve Christ? Again, specifically to Christians. Let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll, and then we'll get right into it. God, we come to you this morning, God. I just, uh, I just thank you, Lord, for uh, the presence that's in this place, God. I, I pray don't do anything to quench that. I pray that I would just yield to you. Just uh, bless our congregation. and pray for my pastor and his family. Just be with them and lift them up, God. Just... Uh, Whatever's done here today, I pray that we would just honor and magnify you. Just get real with, with your word. And, and as we're challenged, God, I pray that we would accept that, repent of it, change where we need to be changed. and Just bless your word, bless your teaching. I pray that you just move me out of the way, speak through me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so don't get nervous on me. I promise we're going to get into the Bible. I mean, we're going to be, again, from Genesis to Revelation, but to kind of lay a foundation work, uh, when you think of motivation and, 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 and which, what moves me, what, what, uh, uh, what, what incites my actions, I wanna, you know, the first thing you should do anytime you're, you're looking at something new is, is, is a lot of times you learn from what you shouldn't do, how to avoid some things. So I'm going to name, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to name five things that we should avoid our motivation to be by. And, th- and then we're going to get into seven examples right from Scripture of what should motivate us. So, first thing, five things we need to avoid being motivated by. The first one's guilt. first one's guilt. As I was looking across that beach, and I, I saw my family, and there were some things that I kind of beat myself up about. Man, I should have done this. Man, I should have done that. I, I wish I would have handled this a little bit differently. Guilt in itself has the idea of being liable for something and expecting punishment. You follow me? Do not let guilt motivate you in your Christian service. How many of you have ever been motivated by guilt? I mean, let's just be honest. When you get through, hey, it's going to hit you at one of them. You might as well raise your hand on all of them. we got five. (laughs) Motivated by guilt. We are motivated by guilt. We are liable for that. We expect uh, we, we are expecting punishment for it. Therefore, it steals our effectiveness in our spiritual walk. 
Guilt. You got one thing you got to understand about guilt. Guilt, there's a difference between guilt and Holy Spirit conviction. Holy Spirit conviction is going to correct you, take you to the Word of God, understand the promises from the Word of God, repent of that, yield to that, and move on. Guilt is man-made. Guilt puts everything on you, and all it does is steal your joy. So let's don't be motivated by guilt. Secondly, opportunity. Opportunity. Listen, I said up here, hey, I'm thankful for this opportunity. But opportunity should not motivate me spiritually to do what I do. Opportunities, how many of you know they come and go? They come and go. And the the bottom line is, just because you have an opportunity to do something, the first thing you need to ask yourself, hey, did God call me to do that? Has God equipped me to do that? Because God has equipped different people in different areas. Stay in our lane. Sometimes I get out of my lane. And when I get out of my lane, I'm going to crash. Stay in your lane. God has equipped different people in different areas. And, and, and let's face it, when we have opportunities, sometimes those, those opportunities and, and, and our receipt of those opportunities is only generated by flattery. We like to be flattered. I mean, we're all human. We all have flesh. We, we like to be flattered. So first, don't be motivated by guilt. Don't be motivated by opportunity. Third, this is simple. You say, oh, I'm never motivated by this. Money. Don't be motivated by money. Now, is there anything wrong with money? Nothing wrong with money. I mean, we've got to pay our bills. We've got a house, car. We, there's some, the lights have to stay on. We've we got to pay some stuff, and you, it takes money to do that. The power company doesn't care if you want to come wash their dishes. They want money to keep your power on. It's not money. It's the love of money, 1 Timothy 6.10. The love of money. My pursuit, I don't care who I hurt in the process. If I, if I am motivated spiritually... If we're motivated spiritually by money, we're not motivated spiritually, right? The love of money. And I can't remember if it was J.D. Rockefeller or Henry Ford. One of them said, uh, somebody was asking him, hey, how much money, they were talking about all his accounts and how much money he made and generated, how much money is it going to take? Their answer was just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. It's not going to satisfy the love of money. Don't be motivated by guilt, opportunity, money, And this is a biggie right here. Fourth, duty. Duty. Don't be motivated by duty. Now, I used to tell my kids all the time, and I still tell them all the time. How many of you heard this? Sometimes you have to do some things you don't want to do. And that is a fact. I mean, that is a fact. Sometimes you've got to do some stuff that you do not want to do because it's your duty. You should follow through with that. But we're talking about what motivates us spiritually, right? So, so if I want to be a spiritual person, if I, want to, if, if I want to exuberate Christ in me that they sung about, if I do it out of duty because I just should do it, it's not going to last very long. It's not going to be uh, sustained very long. It's struggle to be joyful when this is our main focus. You know, I know I've done some stuff. Christy's asked me to do some stuff around the house a long time ago. She don't even ask anymore. <laughs> but hey, she'll stay on me. Hey, do this, do this. Oh, I'll do it. I mean, I'm hitting walls. I'm stomping around. I'm doing it though. I'm doing it out of duty. Now, she'd probably say, I wish you wouldn't even done that. You know, with that attitude. So, so that spiritually motivated, not out of duty. 
So, guilt, opportunity, money, duty. The fifth one, again a biggie, affirmation. Affirmation. Hey, we like to be affirmed. How many of you like to get compliments? I mean, I like to get compliments. I like, I like for people to pat me on the back. Let's just be honest. We, we enjoy that. We enjoy that. Affirmation. Don't be motivated by affirmation. What happens when we don't get that attaboy or the recognition or the appreciation we think that we should get because we're motivated by that and we're not motivated in the right areas? Do you know just the silence of no affirmation can be discouraging? You can get discouraged by nobody saying anything. Nobody has to do anything, but if, but if I'm motivated by affirmation, just silence will discourage me. Hey, you know, by the way, what happens when those people that you're trying to impress so much and that you need to be affirmed by are no longer around? Or what happens when those same people are there, but then they change their mind of what they expect from you? You see, it's just, it's just a constant. So, guilt, opportunity, money, duty, affirmation. Here's the truth. All of these are powerful and will motivate us, but they will not sustain us. Here's why. Because they're based on performance and based on approval of others. So, look at Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 6. And it says basically the same thing in Colossians chapter 3, verse 22. Now, I'm going to read this first, and, and I'm just going to forewarn you, we're going to be all over the place, because, hey, anytime you've got a problem, there's always a solution. We've got to figure out what the solution is. But here's what we've got to not be motivated by. Ephesians 6, 6, Not with eye service as men-pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. See, if you're doing the will of God from the heart, you're not going to worry about eye service as being men-pleasers. You know, when I used to work at Sawmill, and uh, it would crack me up. But, you know, J.D., uh, and, and we're all guilty of this, all right? Being men pleasers, eye service. You know, who's watching me that I can do something that looks spiritual uh, that, that I can get some recognition for? It may be great things. It may be good things. But that's not what we should be seeking at the sawmill. Uh, you'd see so many times the lumber coming down the chain and, and J.D.'s, uh, you know, bouncing around doing everything in the world. And, uh, and then he comes back and then everybody, you know, I've been packing most of the lumber, by the way. And then, and then when he comes back, those guys that haven't been packing any lumber, man, they start ripping it off a green chain like they've been really doing something because they wanted some eye service. They wanted people to see. Or athletically, how many of you have been in a, in a practice where, you know, the coach has turned his head, he can't watch everybody at the same time, and you're doing a workout, and, and they're over there breathing and snorting and whatever the workout is, and they're really just kind of going through the motions, and they really don't kick it in until the coach looks at them because they needed eye service, man-pleasing. That's what we've got to avoid. That's what we've got to stay away from. They will not sustain us. Here's what all these five things will do. They'll put us on the hamster wheel of life. Y'all know what a hamster wheel is, right? You get inside that hamster wheel, and you're chasing, you're, motiva you're motivated by running from guilt. Okay, we're running from the guilt. We're chasing the affirmation of people in front of us while we perform our duties. You follow me? Guess where that gets you in the hamster wheel? Nowhere. Nowhere. So, so what should our motives look like? What should we be motivated by? Listen, I believe one of the main things that we need to be motivated by is our acceptance in Christ. 
Now, we've been taught here a long time when it says in Christ, here's what that means. You've, you have come to a place where you've accepted the fact that you're a sinner. You need a Savior. And Christ went to a cross and He bled and died and He, and he rose again out of that tomb with victory over death, hell, and the grave. And He did that for you individually. He did that for me individually. And, and when we put our faith and trust in that message, the gospel message, the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. And the day we got saved, we got indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. And now we are in Christ and He is in us. So instead of us being motivated by all those five things I, uh, I mentioned, the guilt, the opportunity, the money, the duty, the affirmation, we need to get focused on our acceptance in Christ, who we are in Christ. And that acceptance begins, I believe, with God's grace. You know, you hear, we sing about it. We talk about it. But do we really understand God's grace? Because I'm going to tell you something. If we understand God's grace of what He has done for us, then I think it will change our motives completely. And, and, and we're going to go right through Scripture, and God's going to tell us in His Word, here's how I want you to be motivated by, by your acceptance, by, by the grace I have provided to you. Grace itself. Hey, really, there's no need to define that. We've all heard it. Unmerited favor. It's a gift. Um, it doesn't base on anything that we've done. And we're, we're good, spiritual, Baptist, Bible-believing people. Okay? We understand grace for salvation. Would you agree with that? I mean, we, we completely know we had nothing to do with it. and We'll shout it from the rooftops. We had nothing to do with it. Unmerited favor. He did it all. It is finished, just like David said. Complete grace. But here's what happens. For some reason, after we accept Christ as Savior, and after we get a little bit in our Christian walk, then we start to... God's grace kind of fades in our relationship, in our setting apart, our growth, our sanctification. I'm going to use Brady here. I kind of talked to him about it. I'm going to grill him a little bit. So we got in this car. And... Uh, we got him this car, and, and this girl owned it, and it was blue and had a pink racing stripe down the side, and he was all excited, and he's so thankful, and really, I needed my truck back for work. But So anyway, he, he, uh, he's excited, thankful. I mean, I'm telling you, just bubbling. Within about three weeks, he's talking about putting new wheels on it. Within a month, he's talking about trading the thing. He first, when he first got it, he said he wanted some personalized tags. You know, how many of you had personalized tags? That's all. He wanted personalized tags. That's fine. I said, Brady, you should call it Grace. I said, you should put Grace on the license plate. He said, why is that? I said, first of all, it's got a pink stripe down. <laughs> I said, but listen, you did absolutely nothing to earn that car. You didn't deserve that car. No, I mean, really, we, we haven't even talked about it. He, did, he done nothing to deserve that car. I said, it's just like what Jesus did for us. Grace. You should put grace on your plate. But just like he did with that car, it faded away. And now, the grace that I was so excited about, and I, I was so thankful for, and I was so motivated by it, sort of fades. Because now, I have moved on to different things. And we've got to get back to what 
understanding what grace really is. All right, here we go. I'll be quick, I promise. Defining grace. Unmerited favor, gift. That which affords joy and delight. Hey, you can just put in parentheses, Jesus in all caps, because Jesus is grace. Um, It's used 69 times in the Old Testament. The first time we see it, let's let's flip over to Genesis chapter 6. I told you we was going Genesis to Revelation. Y'all ready? This is like a sword drill today. Genesis 6-8. Genesis 6-8. The first time that, that, that grace is found, and what do, we, what do we know about the law of first, first mention? First time it's used, that idea, it may form a little different, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to mean the same thing all through Scripture. Genesis 6-8. What happened in Genesis 6-8? God was sorry that He even created man and the animals. It repented Him, the Bible says. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Do you know why Noah built the ark? Do you know why Noah was spared? Because he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's the first time. 69 times in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it's used 156 times. Flip over to Luke chapter 1, verse 30. Luke chapter 1, verse 30. This is the first time it's used in the New Testament. Luke Chapter 1, verse 30. This is when Mary is about to get some news from the angel. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. That word favor is the same Greek word that is used in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and and all the grace we're going to talk about for the next seven examples of God's grace, it means the same thing. Favor, unmerited favor, a gift. And the angel of the Lord said unto Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. So that's the first time it's mentioned in the New Testament. So, here's a quote from Paul Chappell's book. When God's grace, y'all digest this, when God's grace as opposed to our need for acceptance, becomes our motivation for service, everything changes. We serve because we are accepted rather than to gain acceptance. Listen, if you really think about it, all those things we already talked about that are, that are man-made, I really think that's why we run around as defeated Christians sometimes. Because we're trying to gain that acceptance and our motivation is my performance as opposed to being motivated by what Christ has already done for us. It is finished. We are in Christ. We're seated in heavenly places. David talked about it this morning in Sunday school. It's a done deal. We don't have to perform for that anymore. All we got to do is show everybody else, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. We're all preachers, as he said. I don't care how you came in here this morning. We have a message to send out. Now, let's stop right there. We have a message. How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand. I'm going to show you how this works. This is an example. How many of you gave the gospel this week to somebody? I didn't. I didn't. So, now let's go back to what motivates us. See, what the devil wants to do is he either wants to enlarge us so much with our pride or completely beat you down with all your failures that you are absolutely no good for the cause of Christ. That's what the devil's device is. So, I didn't share the gospel with anybody this week. So guess what? If I go back to what motivates me, I feel guilty. Man, I'm looking for an opportunity. Not because Christ put it on me, because I didn't do it. And, and, and these people are out here telling me I need to share the gospel. I need to give out a track. 
And we should. But if I should be motivated by what Christ has in me and not what whether or not you all are going to ask me, hey, did you send out a track this week? Did you talk about somebody about the Lord? Are you seeking that opportunity? Can I get your affirmation for doing that? You follow me? Are, are we clear? That's what I'm talking about. We're, we're not talking about duty. Let's get to what God has for us. If we don't understand grace, we can't understand our position. Position in Christ. You say, what in the world do you mean by that? Again, our position, we're seated in heavenly places. Our position, no man can pluck me out of my Father's hand. My position in Christ is I'm perfect. And I'm a saint. And we know that that's not true in my flesh, but in my position. And if I operate in my position of what Christ did for me by His grace, then my motives are going to be right. And, and if I focus on my acceptance in Christ, now I'm going to be a vessel that has everything to do with His glory and nothing to do with myself or my flesh. If we don't understand our position, we will live defeated. Alright, here we go. Seven examples of God's grace that should motivate us to serve Christ. Hey, there's a whole lot more. And if you just do a word search and you put grace in, and you can go through the whole thing and, and it's going to give you example after example after example of what God's grace has given you and done for you. Seven examples of God's grace that should, that should motivate us to serve Christ. Ephesians 1.6, flip over there. Ephesians. And we'll be mostly around Ephesians from, from here on out. So... Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6 says, To the praise of the glory of His, what? Grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the blood. Now, we hit this, it seems like somebody does about every week, but I'm not 100% sure that we understand it or even, or even live it. I mean, we have, may have a head knowledge of it, but we are accepted in the beloved. That means that God doesn't, He can't love you any more than He loves you right now. And there's no way we can earn any more of His love. We are accepted. It's a done deal. We can't do anything else. Now, Paul, he even, in, in uh, Romans chapter 7, think about this. He, he spends whole chapter 7 of the struggle with sin. Who struggles with the sin nature? I mean, I do. I, I, I struggle with it. He, he spends a whole chapter saying, I, I, things I want to do, I don't do, things I don't want to do, that's what I do, oh, the wretch that I am. I mean, I, I, I'm a mess. But then he gets it right. In, in, in chapter 8, in verse 1, there's there now for no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. So, what in the world does that have to do with my acceptance? If we understand that the battle is real, there is a struggle that we have on a daily basis with who we are in the flesh. We have the Holy Spirit, but we didn't lose our flesh. It's still walking around with us on our sack of bones. And that battle's going on, but if I'm accepted, my position is perfect in Christ, then I understand that chapter 8, verse 1 says, I don't, I don't have to be condemned. We, we, we don't have to sin. 
And we can be motivated by that. But what we do, or what I do, maybe, maybe you don't struggle with this, maybe it's just me. What I do is when I have that battle, all I want to do is focus on that battle and how I can get out of it and what I can do to get away from it. Because I feel guilty. Because I'm, I, 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 need, I, I, feel, I feel dirty and, 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 and I need to be affirmed in my own flesh. The struggle is real. Secondly, we're given identity by His grace. We're given identity by His grace. Flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15.10. 1 Corinthians 15.10. First Corinthians fifteen ten. You know you've heard you've heard people say that guy's a self made man, or or his family is is such and such, or you know where he went to school, or what kind of education he has, or what job he performs. And do you realize that every bit of that in the secular world, let's just face it, it matters. It matters what your name is. It matters how much money you have. It matters what your education is. All those things matter outside in the secular world. And so, so, so what happens is we can't be motivated by that. The example that, that Paul's going to give us right here, look what he says. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Hey, just like... Paul said, it's what we, we are who we are by the grace of God. Can we agree with that? I am what I am by God's grace. You know, it's not, it's not who your family is or how much money you got or what your occupation is or how much uh, education you have. Matter of fact, in verse 9 there, he says, For I'm the least of the apostles. So it's, by, it's only by God's grace we are who we are. Now, why does that matter? Because if we understand that, our motives will be correct. Our motives will be correct. Thirdly, we're gifted by His grace. Flip over to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. We are gifted by His grace. Gifted by His grace. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 7, after Paul tells us, hey, there's one body, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father and ruler of all. Hey, we're one body in here this morning. Just like David said, we all have a different role. And Ephesians 4, 7 says, but every one of us, after he's telling us, hey, we're all one, but every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. What Paul's saying is, hey, we're all one body. We all serve the same Lord in the same baptism. We all have one hope. But every one of us have a gift in a different amount to serve Him. We're given our identity. We're gifted by His grace. Hey, we don't work to receive that. All we got to do is define what God has for us, what he, the area He's given for us to operate in, and operate in that area. And sometimes that's a little bit more difficult than we think it is. 
but that's a blessing. God has given each and every one of us. Every, if, if you're here this morning and you've accepted Christ as Savior, you have a gift. You have a gift. You, you, you can reach more people in different areas than I could and vice versa. We all have a niche. We all have an area. We're gifted by His grace. Not only are we given the identity by His grace, gifted by His grace, but here's a big one. We grow by His grace. 2 Peter 3.18. Everybody probably already knows this by heart. Flip over to 2 Peter 3.18. We grow by His grace. Grow by His grace. 2 Peter 3.18 says this, But grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. You notice how it says, but grow in grace and knowledge. How many of you know knowledge only? The Bible says knowledge puffs up. Knowledge will puff you up. I'm telling you, if we walk around, and, and it, if we walk around and all we have is a head full of biblical verses... And, and, and all we're trying to do is memorize everything we can and it never gets right here and, and, and we never meditate on that thing and we never apply that Monday through Saturday. We're not growing. It says grow in grace and knowledge. Do you know why I believe it says grow in grace and knowledge? Because we can't handle the knowledge of the truth without God's grace. You follow me? I mean, I'm going to tell you, the truth's hard. It is hard. We need God's grace for us to be able to process the truth, the knowledge of the truth. So the Bible says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And, and listen to me. I've got to draw a line right here. Look, we have, we have in, in, in our Bible-believing churches, and I, we, you know, there, there's this movement of the hyper-grace movement. But here's what we've done. We, we, hyper-grace, by the way, here's what that means. I, most of you know, but some of you may not. It's a lie anyway. But hyper-grace means this. I can do anything I want to do, and the grace of God will cover that. I'm saved. I can live in it. It's a license to sin. It's, it's a pretty cool deal, really. I mean, if you think about it. That, it's a lie. Hyper-grace. But, but here's what we've done. All right? Now watch this. Or what I've done. Maybe you had. In, in, in our effort... To, to stay away from the hyper-grace, here's what we've done. We have made our sanctification or how we grow performance-based. You say, what in the world do I mean by that? We're not focusing as much on growing in the grace and knowledge as we are of growing in the knowledge. You follow me? Here's a real-life example. How many? I don't know how many people have been saved here in the last ever how many years? Professions, I should say. Hey, no man, I, I know I'm saved. I don't know about anybody else, really. But where are most of those people? Are we coming alongside them and are we, are we, are we helping them grow in grace first? Grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so we need to be motivated. We need to be motivated uh, to grow by His grace. Fifthly, look at this. Sustained by His grace. Sustained by His grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 
2 Corinthians 12, 9. And again, I apologize for flipping all around. This is not usually what we do. We usually get one passage and we get something right out of it. But I don't know, God's grace. We, we need to be motivated by what Christ has done for us. God's grace. We are sustained by His grace. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. This is very familiar. And He said unto me, after he, Paul prayed, Hey man, Lord, will you please take this thorn out of my flesh, out of my side. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather in glory in my infirmities than that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, he sustained us by his grace. He sustains us by his grace. My grace is sufficient. You know, sometimes He does not remove the thorn. And I'll be honest with you. The first thing we want to do, the first thing I want to do, when I'm in a situation, I'm praying to get that thing out of here. I want, I want, to, I want to remove that. But sometimes He didn't remove the thorn. And we all have thorns, personally. And we have some thorns in this church. And sometimes... God doesn't remove them. But see, here's what He says. I want you to be motivated by my grace. I'm a, my grace is going to sustain you because my strength is made perfect in your weakness and my grace is sufficient for thee. Do you realize that's, that's kind of why we need to stay in fellowship with each other. To, uh, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. And, and we challenge each other with God's Word and the, and, and the truths and the promises that God has given us in His Word. Uh, we need each other spiritually. Not only is He given us identity by His grace, gifted by His grace, we grow by His grace, we're sustained by His grace, but we have the hope of His grace. Hope of His grace. I told you we were going Genesis, Genesis to Revelation, so look at Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22, verse 21. I'm about done. My smartwatch is telling me my workout's going well. My heart rate must be. <laughs> Revelation 22, 21. Look at verse 20. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. You know he's coming back. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I can't comprehend all that. I mean, I can't comprehend eternity. I, I really don't get it. I mean, I really don't. I, I cannot digest that. It's, it's, I, just, I, I don't guess I need to. It's in God's Word. I, I believe it. He's coming back. And He says, surely I come quickly. But look at, look at, look at verse 21. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Hey, we have the hope of His grace. He's coming back. After, after this whole book basically says, I'm coming, I'm going to die, I'm going to be buried, I'm going to rise again, I'm going to go sit at the right hand of the Father, and I'm coming back, the last thing He says is, My grace be with you all. I want you to focus on that grace. When the world is completely upside down as it is right now, My grace be with you all. Amen. Christy, I won't give you too much information, but... Uh, uh, way back before cell phones and, and text and snaps and all this stuff, you actually had to write a letter to your girlfriend or boyfriend or fiance or whatever. 
And so, so she would always write me these letters. And I'll tell you what they said. No, I won't tell you what they said. She'd write me these letters. And at the very end, it would say, until then, dot, 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 dot. What that means was, until then. Until the day we get married. And I don't know how many letters, I'll probably still have some of them, and they'll say, until then. And, and so, so what John's saying by, under the inspiration of God right, right here in Revelation, until then, grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And lastly, I can't believe, y'all probably can't believe we didn't start with this one. Hey, but if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as Savior, and you have no idea about the grace that we've been talking about, about the unmerited favor and the free gift that you do absolutely nothing to get or deserve or earn, Flip over to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. The last thing we should be motivated by is that we are saved by His grace. We are saved by His grace. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 through 10. I could read the whole chapter, but... Ephesians chapter 2, 5 through 10. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved. Verse 6, And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, By grace, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Because we would brag about it. Bottom line. Verse 9, Not of works lest any man should boast. And then I think verse 10 wraps up the whole thing we're trying to get across today. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. He says, look, you've done absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. But be a sinner. How many of you are sinners here this morning? in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You've done absolutely nothing to, to earn that or deserve that. But it's by grace are you saved through faith in the message of the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. You put your faith and trust in that. And then in verse 10 he says, but because I saved you by grace through faith in the person of Jesus Christ, now you're to go work. Now you're to, to, to be His workmanship unto good works based on the grace that God has given us initially in our salvation. You follow me? It all, it all starts with grace and it continues through grace and it's all about grace. I'm not talking about hyper grace. I'm talking about the person of Jesus Christ grace. He says, my grace is sufficient for thee. So this morning, if you're here and you don't know Christ as Savior, listen, I don't know how we could say it any, any plainer. God, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. All we got to do is agree with God and, and His message of the Gospel. And by grace, He will save your soul. And you say, what in the world does that save mean? It saves you from a place called hell. Where you're separa eternally separated from God. 
in torment. And you don't have to go there. Because Jesus Christ has provided that way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Now, Christian here this morning, what about you? Are you, are you operating in those fleshly motives we had talked about? Guilt, opportunity, money, duty, affirmation? Are all of those uh, what you are motivated by? It ends in kind of disgust and being let down. Because how many of you know people let you down? People will let you down. But Christ never does. And He never will. If we're motivated by the right things, if we're motivated by our acceptance in Christ, if we're motivated by the grace that He has provided for us and we operate in that, that's all we do. That's all we can do. So today, as, uh, as Joanne plays, I just ask her to play one verse of invitation. If you don't mind standing, we're doing a little bit different this morning. We're going to sing one verse. One verse. Not trying to prod anybody, but I hope the Holy Spirit is. One verse of Just As I Am, uh, page, I think it's 488, wasn't it? 488. 488. Hey, if you've never been saved, if you've never accepted that free gift, I pray that this morning would be the morning. Just as Thank you for your attention uh, this morning. I pray that that was, that was a help to you. It was to me. Uh, the more we focus on His grace, the more we can operate in it. In the way of announcements, just got a couple of announcements this morning. Uh, I guess the biggie is, unless somebody else has something, October 11th through the 14th, Revival with Evangelist Taylor Gillespie. That will start on Sunday morning at 1030 and then we'll Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night at 7. Sunday morning at 10.30 and the rest of the nights at 7 p.m. Anybody got anything you want to share? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, keep, keep Kay and, uh, and, and Dave, David Locke in your, in your prayers there. Uh, all right, let's pray. We'll turn it over to Ethan. We'll have one more song and then you'll be dismissed. Lord, thank You for this time thank that You've given us, God. just uh, Lord, I pray that You're pleased. I pray that You're pleased in, 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 in what we've done this morning. I pray that we would uh, just honor and glorify You. And I pray that we would operate and be motivated, motivated by the grace that You've given us, God. Just thank You for Your Word. Thank You for Your challenge. And thank You for Your church. Uh, Lord, pray specifically this morning for... For the Locke family, God, I pray that you would just uh, give comfort and encouragement there. And uh, Lord, we know you're in control. And I just pray that uh, you'd just be with Kay and the whole family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Everyone, please stand as we sing one verse and chorus of the solid rock as we dismiss this morning.